Welcome to Urban Foundry. All opinions expressed by Andrew Urban, Paige O'Neill, and our castmates are solely our own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Collier's International, Inc. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for any investment decisions. Clients of Collier's International may maintain positions in the properties discussed in this podcast. Welcome back to the Urban Foundry podcast, your go-to source for urban real estate news and conversations. I'm Andrew Urban. And I'm Paige O'Neill, and we will be your co-hosts as we explore the future of downtown real estate. This This is Urban Urban Foundry. Foundry. Welcome back to Urban Foundry. We have a really fun guest on today, and we're going to be talking sports, 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 sports with Patrick Talty from the Indiana Sports Corporation. Patrick, welcome to the Urban Foundry podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. This is really special. I'm excited about this. Well, great. And we found out this is your first podcast this is. This is my first podcast. Okay. We'll, we'll be gentle on you. We, yeah, we'll, we'll take it slow. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your background just to get us all started and how you got involved with Indiana Sports Court. Yeah. You know, I, I've been uh, very lucky and blessed throughout my career to do a lot of cool things. Uh, I started actually here in Indianapolis working at the RCA Dome and Convention Center. And yeah, that just dated me. Uh, there's a lot of people who, who work at the Sports Corp didn't even know there was a, another building before Lucas Oil. Um, but started here and uh, and then moved around the, the country and around the world. I went to Lansing, Michigan and yep. went out to uh, Phoenix, Arizona, where I opened up University of Phoenix Stadium, where Super Bowl was played uh, just a few weeks ago. And, and then uh, went out to uh, Abu Dhabi in the Middle East and worked there for three years and uh, managed the sports complex there. Um, took with the family, packed up everything, went overseas and lived for three years. And it was quite an adventure and quite an amazing opportunity. And, and it was so special and, and unique. And then I um, had the opportunity to come uh, back to the United States and work with uh, World Wrestling Entertainment and manage their live events. So did 450 live events a year, three touring products globally, traveled around the world, did things I never thought I would do in terms of traveling. And Worked for such a unique and creative company and, and learned a lot. Um, and then uh, had the opportunity to get off the road. And we, we said, you know what, maybe it's time to make a lifestyle change. And <laughs> yeah. moved from Connecticut to uh, Minnesota, opened up U.S. Bank Stadium where the Minnesota Vikings play. And got to host uh, the Super Bowl there and uh, the Final Four in 2019. And that's where I came across uh, Ryan Vaughn, the, the president before me with the Sports Corp who uh, knew I had Hoosier ties and knew I'd started there and had heard my name and he was looking for a new COO and said, Hey, what do you think about coming back? And so then it kind of started and, and then lo and behold, come October of 2019, I came back as the chief operating officer for sports corp and uh, was elected the seventh president in July of this uh, in 2022. And wow. couldn't be more ha- happy and humble um, to really be a part of something big and part of something that really shapes a community. When I was here before, I knew what the Sports Corp meant. I had volunteered with the Sports Corp. I was a part of the World Basketball Championship LOC, which is a local organizing committee, which is the one who puts on these events. Um, it's the volu- our local volunteers are right. really the leadership. And you know, I ha- knew everything and knew how much the Sports Corp had shaped Indianapolis in its first 40 years. Right. And I said, you know what, I want to be a part of that. And I really felt something inside of me pulling me towards doing something like that, really giving to a community. And, and my wife and I had loved Indy when we were here the first time. And we'd always kind of called it home, even though I'm mm-hmm. not from here originally. Mm-hmm. My wife has family here, so okay. she has uh, aunts and uncles that live here. And it just was the right time with my uh, with my daughter going into high school. And we just realized 
now is the time to do it. And it just felt right. And so we made the big jump and came back and it's just been unbelievable. Even though COVID hit, um, (laughs) you know, to be able to host all of the entirety of March Madness uh, in 2021 in the city and be a part of that was just, um, you know, that that's like no one else is going to be able to say they can do that in their career. So that's kind of cool. But it was also really cool to be able to be a part of that spark that helped Indianapolis come back. Wow. That's, that's an amazing background. Yeah. I mean, and so many things that we could sit here and probably do an hour on. on I don't even know where to start. Right. I mean, you know, I just think about, you know, you mentioned, you know, Abu Dhabi, obviously the Qataris are putting a bid in for Manchester United. That was announced this morning. WWE obviously being sold. Right. And, and some of that with, Vince McMahon coming back and that's been an interesting business story in general. And so you've seen a lot of the fusion of different types of sports types of entertainment and how these fuse together. Right. And so that, that's really fascinating. Tell us a little bit about, you know, you you mentioned a little bit about Indiana sports corps history. I mean, how did it get started? And then, you know, how does it balance between the public and private aspect of this? Right. And maybe walk us behind the scenes of how some of these events come to be, because I think the general public, oh, they were hosting the NCAA Final Four. Isn't that great? And they have no idea all the behind the scenes work that goes into just getting that event to choose Indianapolis, right? Yeah, no, it, it, it's a great question. And thank you for asking that, because it, it is really important about what it means to the city to have the sports corp here. We were founded in 1979 and really some civic leaders came together and realized that they wanted to have a sports strategy. It was part of the overall economic strategy of keeping downtown healthy, keeping downtown vibrant and really creating that, um, what was needed at the time to make sure that Indy didn't become the Indy no place that people you know, always joke about it. <laughs> and the sports strategy was formed out of that. And so we were founded in 1979 and uh, it was the first sports commission in the country. Really? Now there's over 350 of them across the country. So the competitions got much, much stronger over the years. And, you know, a really a kind of our first big, huge event was the national sports festival in 1982. And then in 1987 hosted the Pan American games. Right. And that was really the coming out party for Indianapolis. That was the, we had arrived on the international stage and people realized, Hey, we can host these events and mm-hmm. we can really make a big impact. This is a big deal. And, and people volunteer, you know, who's your hospitality is real. And people were stepping up and being a part of this and the volunteers and, and, you know, really making sure that these events go off and, and not only go off, but go off in a way that sets the bar for other, uh, other cities and other people to, to really emulate and try to try to copy. So, you know, as the strategy kept going, you know, Indianapolis became known as the amateur sports capital of the world. Of course, in 1999, landing the NCAA headquarters moving here, huge, huge coup, big deal that that has paid off in spades. I mean, to have those partners here, that's why we have the final four so often. Mm -hmm. That is why we have all these other events like the, you know, we, this year we have division three swimming and diving championships at the natatorium. We have division three women's lacrosse championships at U U of Indy this, this year. You know, we've hosted all these events throughout the years with the NCA because they're here in our backyard. They have their national convention here on a regular basis. And so that, that partnership there was really what made a big difference. The Sports Corp, we always talk about its its mission is to inspire and advance the community through sport. And people always say, okay, well, that's great. But what exactly does that mean? Really what that means is, is we competitively compete against other cities to bring national and international events to the city of Indianapolis so that they have impact. 
and it's beyond the economic impact. I mean, that's basis, right. and that right, is great. But it's also about the civic pride, and it's mm-hmm. about um, the legacy, and it's about the national, international media attention that's brought to Indy. Mm-hmm. When you take all four of those pieces and put them together, that's how we evaluate the the bids that we go after, the events right. we go after, and that's what makes it special. You know, it, without those events, you know, we wouldn't have some of the things that we have with the the um, the venues that we have and right. and the campus that has been created and and really we've become a tourist a tourism centric city right. because of the start of these sports events and then that led to the conventions and then that led to expansions of the convention center and more hotels and yep. bigger events and more things that we could do and and so that really kind of the cycle started and and the ball just kept rolling yeah it's the virtuous cycle right yes. it's like you drop a stone in the water and then all these ripples come out of that. And sometimes we, we take that for granted that that was 40 years ago, that yep. first stone was planted and then you got to keep adding stones, but you know, ultimately you're right. It keeps, keeps going. Now you mentioned you kind of came back in 2019 COVID hits. Obviously that had an impact on sports and how that was done, right? There was a period of watching the NFL, there was no fans and then people are allowed back. What do you think out of that, you know, did that, did that shift people's perspective on Indiana, it, you know, the sports corp and its potential impact to drive economic growth after kind of a fallout, so to speak? Did it, do you think it maybe elevate importance of sports in some, you know, stakeholders' minds? I, I would like to think so because I really think that COVID showed us that we were, you know, when everything shut down and we started to come back, the first thing that came back was sports. We, you know, one of the things that we we realized very quickly was we needed to be the best friend that we could be to college basketball. We had the Final Four scheduled for 2021. We knew if that was going to come back and that was an opportunity for Indy to shine again, then, you know, we didn't know how bad COVID was going to be. And so then... You know, as we're starting to plan for that, we realized, hey, we need to be the best friend that we can be. So we created our own bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, back in November of 2020, and we I had remember. USA Basketball um, come and play a FIBA qualifier in the convention center. Well, all that learning helped us, and then what? And then what spurned out of that though was, then we started getting calls for volleyball tournaments, youth volleyball tournaments that were in other places in the in the country. Um, Visit Indy started getting calls from places that couldn't host conventions in Chicago. The sweet uh, sweet and snack sh- uh, show that is now coming back because of this was because they couldn't meet in, in Chicago. So they came to Indy. Well, now they've been able to cultivate that into a show that's going to come back multiple years. And it was because we were back first. We were hosting events and it was the sports that brought that back. Um, we hosted the big 10 football championship back when there was very few fans, you know, when football was still just under its, you know, restrictions, but those are the things that started that little bit of that glimmer of hope. And then, of course, the big moment when the NCAA announced on January 4th that they'd bring the entire entirety of the Division One men's basketball championships to Indianapolis. That was the spark that really jump-started it back up. And you have to give all, all hats off to the city of Indianapolis right. and Dr. Virginia Kane, who worked her butt off to make sure that we could do this you know, safely. very safely and could do it in a way that was um, top-notch and that we didn't have any issues and there wasn't any kind of uh, spread of COVID or anything like that. And and they were 
they were dedicated to make sure that that happened. And, and it was, you know, the NCAA and our community and IU Health and everyone came together and really worked on that. So sports, I think people realized, wow, sports is, is important and it's important to the indie community and it's important right. to what this means to the tourism overall. Yeah. Right. The dedication of the people that you were just talking and describing about for the event of March Madness, was that turned into a documentary? It was. And I'm I, glad saw you said a, that. I saw a Thank teaser you. for it. Yeah, you're welcome. I saw a teaser for it this morning and I was like, wait, now I want to watch it. So <laughs> when is that airing? You, you should watch it. We actually were at the Heartland Film Festival awesome. um, this last year. And it's on our website at uh, the sportscorp.org. Uh, and if you, uh, there's actually a link there. You can watch it. Made for this moment. It covers the first half of it, covers our history and talks mm-hmm. about the things that most i mean i learn every, something all the time from right. watching this and then the back half is about the about the actual hosting of march madness and it's a great show video great show um we have classes watch it there's now professors that are using it as education with their students about leadership and crisis and and how do you put on events and things like that so it's a it's a great video um you know we the dorsey family foundation uh, funded that as a gift to us and we're extremely grateful for that and uh, we want to keep using it and, and it's it's been it's been fun to watch and, and yeah. it's been unbelievable yeah yeah well we'll definitely link that in the show notes yeah. because that's something that's really cool and i think sometimes when you lead by example right good things tend to happen yes no absolutely <laughs> that's right and i think you know like you said 40 years ago the seed was planted but it seems like it's matured and, and that leadership position has continued and, you know, kind of going forward, right? You know, how do we build upon this? What are the initiatives your organization's working on to kind of continue to perpetually draw more and more? What are some of the key things you, you guys are focused on right now? Yeah, you know, actually, uh, we are taking 2023, we're taking the whole year, and we are actually in, uh, embarking on a 2050 vision plan for the sports strategy. And we are right now in the dreaming stages of what will this look like to stay at the top of the sports ecosystem? You know, it'll always be about events, but what else will it be about? Mm -hmm. Sports education, the ever-changing landscape of sports tech, um, sports culture, sports uh, leadership, thought leadership, all those different things that we can put into that. How do we make sure that Indy in Indiana as a whole is staying forefront and almost creating the sports mecca, if you will. Right. So if you want to work in sports, you want to be a part of sports, your first thought is, hey, I got to get to Indiana. Yep. And that could be sports businesses. It could be, um, you know, like creatives that want to work around sports. Right. could be hosting events. It could be working in the sports field. Uh, all those things can come together and really create this ecosystem. And, and we don't have to lead it all, but right. what, what we want to do is create the canvas. And so we're really working hard on what is all of the big rocks that we need to make sure that Indiana has. And, you know, as a vision for 2050, what this could look like, and then how do we work towards that? And we've created this, you know, we're going to create a North star and everyone can run towards that. And, yeah. and we're really excited about that opportunity. So that that's what we're working on right now. As we think about the future, um, we have a lot of exciting events, yeah. our 2020s, has been amazing. We uh, ended the year with the announcement of uh, men's and women's final four. So now we have in 2024, we're going to start the year off with the NBA all-star weekend. Um, 
which is going to be amazing. It's an mm-hmm. opportunity to be showcase indie on a stage, world stage that we have not had before. This is a very unique event, something that we haven't seen. You know, we have not had an event like this be, um, in Indy. We haven't had an opportunity to host an event like this. The All Star Game, I believe, was here last in '85 at the RCA oh, wow. Dome. Yeah, yeah. so that's, that's a while. It's yeah. a very different it's event for us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's before before po- my time, before, before Paige and Andrew, yeah, yeah before podcasts, it was still radio back yeah. then. That's right. <laughs> so we're really excited about that. And then 2024 swimming trials um, yep. comes right after on the heels of that. And, uh, you know, we're going to build two and a half uh, Olympic-sized swimming pools in Lucas Oil Stadium and host uh, hopefully the biggest indoor swim meet ever. And this is a a big deal because in 1924, the Olympic team was chosen at Broad Ripple Park for the Paris Olympics. And so in 2024, once again, uh, Paris runs through Indy. So it's wow, going to be amazing. Look at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't think about yeah. that. I knew it was in Paris this yeah. So it's it's exciting. And then in 26 we have a men's final four already scheduled. Yep. And then we won a women's final four in 28 and a men's final four in 29. So you think about that lineup. So the yeah. 2020s are strong and and we're yeah. already thinking about what's in 20 then 30s. 30s. But, you know, with that, we really felt it was time to think about the long-term strategy and the vision of this sports sure, strategy. Sure. Well, and a lot of these things, right. And, and from a real estate practitioner standpoint, not only are there stadiums, but we're seeing what the Pacers are doing, kind of fusing, thinking about e-gaming, other avenues and upgrading their facilities and their entertainment piece. And, you know, obviously hotels, things like that. There's a lot that impacts our world. And the one thing, and I'm curious to get your take on this is downtowns or urban centers, right? And I know Indiana Sports Corps for all of Indiana, mm-hmm. right? But we'll just talk about Indianapolis for for this question. You know, the biggest biggest detractor of downtowns right now is the fact that office workers, right, just on a daily basis aren't coming in five days a week, right? Work from home, hybrid, it's here to stay. And so how do we replace foot traffic that supports businesses, hotels, restaurants, you name it? And one of the answers that seems to be popping up from you know, thought leaders in the industry is sports entertainment is kind of being a key catalyst driver and maybe even elevating an importance than maybe historically has, because the fact is, is we're not going to necessarily replace all these office workers that had a big economic impact on a day in and day out basis. I mean, what are, what are you seeing? Are you seeing different stakeholders wanting to get involved maybe than otherwise would have been, yeah, we support this, but this doesn't seem to have a big impact. Do you think there's an elevation of what sports and entertainment can do for cities? I do. I mean, yes, I think sports and, and entertainment are really important for, um, uh, for downtown cores and for cities overall. Um, and I do think people are noticing that that's one of the ways, one of the strategies that they're going to have in order to make sure that um, they're they're vibrant and that they stay, you know, uh, exciting and different. And sports allows you to have the vibrancy in a city that makes it a cool place to live. Right. Without our sports strategy, I don't think India is quite the place that it is to live, work, and play. And so we also think of ourselves um, working with these groups and and these entities around talent retention, talent attraction and talent retention, because without these events, it's not as cool to live in Indiana. And so we think about it in that term. So as we're helping out, um, you know, whatever business it may be, we always talk to them about, hey, you know, your support of the Sports Corp allows us to do our work to attract these events, which then allows you to go after that talent and to keep that talent in Indiana, which is really important. 
I do think people are starting to pay. I really do focus on the sports piece of it, and they and they're trying to figure out how to and and put that into place with um, the other strategies that they have. I know there's a lot of folks also the downtown residents. Um, yeah market is very strong. Correct. People are very focused on that, which I think is a great, um, you know, you just need people and you need people downtown, but you also have to have the amenities for them if Correct. you're going to bring them downtown. And so what better than to have the sports? The good thing about Indy is that they have been very intentional about making sure that the sports venues are downtown. You yep. think about, mm-hmm. back, oh, I was going to ask you about this. Yeah. In 1979, when they, when they started the, the sports uh, corp, you know, they had already made the commitment to make sure market square arena was downtown. Right. And then you, build a football stadium in the middle of downtown without a team. And then they started and they built an auditorium and then they built the major Taylor Velodrome. And you think about, and some people would say, Oh, that's not downtown. It's only a couple miles yeah, right. from here. Right. And then you think about the motor Indianapolis motor speedway yeah. is only like four miles from downtown. Correct. You know, all, everything has been a, intentional decision to build this campus. And that is what's made Indy special. There are not, an, there's not another city that I can think of that can copy that what we have done with the connectedness of the football stadium to the basketball stadium, to the hotels, to the convention center. I mean, there are cities that have other amenities and different things, but really that campus, we done right. a really good job with that. And so that's really was a lot of really intentional decisions that people, the leaders made and it's paying off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's why, that's why we're in the position we're in to lean into the future and make our downtown really come back and, and, and make it exciting. And we have so much to be excited about. I mean, you look at all the development that's happening and all the projects that are coming up. We have, we have so much to be excited about and, and, and we are, and we're looking forward to it. In fact, our, one of our pitch to the, uh, for the 2029 men's final four was about reimagine. And it was, mm-hmm. let us help you reimagine the tournament in our city. Cause we've hosted quite a few of them. Mm-hmm. But but we are reimagining our own city. And you think about the skyline, how different it'll be with the new Insignia right. Hotel and the CSX project and all those different things that are happening. That's the reimagine that we talk to the NCA about. You know, that's what's happening. That's India is not sitting on its laurels, it's it's pushing right. forward. Right. And that's a good point. I think one thing we always like to talk about in Urban Foundry is everyone has a role to play in every community. And we work on a lot of projects that are conversions or downtown developments. And we think, oh, this is a great project for the developer. Yay for the developer. Yay, we get paid, right? And everyone goes their own way. But you mentioned a lot of projects we've tangentially or worked on in the past, things like that. And to see how it fits within that overall strategy into a pitch Mm -hmm. for some of this kind of gives new meaning to some of the work commercial real estate professionals do, right? And sometimes we forget about that. No, I mean, without that work, we don't have that. We don't have the ability to say, hey, check out what India is doing and what all this money and investment that's coming in to the city and coming into the state. I mean, even just the across the state, all the work that has been done by uh, Secretary Chambers and, yeah. and Governor Holcomb in the last you know, couple of years. Oh my goodness. I mean, I know. And, and we talk about that when, when we talk to people, we, we say, look, look at all this that's happening. This is exciting. India is and Indiana is moving forward. Yeah. So how does, how did these bids and pitches come about? Right. I mean, we that hear was, about them. I was, was going to ask that. Cause I'm like, Oh, we still have to pitch to get the final four. We've hosted it so many times. Yeah. But what's the process like, you know, you could use a generic one. You don't have to give sure. away any trade secrets or anything like that. But, you know, we hear about it a lot in the media and we're going, Oh, there, we made a bid for this. How does that come apart? Who's involved in that generally? 
Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, those, they are, um, one, they're very competitive, uh, extremely competitive, because uh, lots of cities want right. these events. So uh, you have to really work at it. And, and we take them seriously. And we and the thing we always talk about at the Sports Corp is we act like we have never hosted the event before. Mm-hmm. So what are we trying to tell the the rights holder um, right. that about Indy that we don't assume that they know anything. So we start from the ground up and say, okay, how would we pitch someone brand new? And of course we have some brand new folks. USA swimming was yeah, a great example great, yeah. where we got that during, uh, we competed against four other cities during COVID um, to pitch them to bring that swimming trials here. And, and really it starts with kind of targeting some events that are out there. And we have a, a big master calendar. It shows where all the big okay. events are going mm-hmm. through all the next. So you're tracking that. Oh yeah. For the next, through 2040, we're figuring out where everybody's <laughs> going, all the different things that are happening and what they're doing. And so we look at these and say, okay, what could fit in Indy? What could work here? What would be a good um, look at? And I always talk about the funnel and we throw lots of things at the top of the funnel. And then as they, we do evaluation processes, mm-hmm. they continue to fall down. Then maybe one or two events falls out the bottom of the funnel. And those are the ones that we then go and try to build one, build a relationship with the rights holder yep. and understand the event. So we, we have sent people to the draft the last couple of years, the NFL draft to understand it better about how do we when we comes time for us to put a bid in how do we best put the bid forward that makes Indy in its best light and highlights the importance of the things that they want to highlight so we we study it we figure it out and then we finally talk to the event rights holder and we wait and when the bid comes out yeah. And we'll, then we'll respond to those. And and that's a, it's not an easy project. Um, they're not cheap. Um, you know, we'll get together with our folks and we'll build a team across the community. So okay. it's, we bring visit Indian, we bring the chamber in, we bring downtown Indian, we bring our arts and culture from the arts council to pe- folks like gang gang and stuff like that, bring them together to talk about what do we want to tell with the story? How do we want to tell the story? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of like when I was talking about the re, the um, reimagine that was what right. came out out of that we sat down and we said okay what do we want our value prop to be and what do we want the story to be and it was reimagined so then we went through it and we came up with all of that that with the different groups that will be working on it and then they all will write different parts of the bid and you have the technical pieces that you have to respond to and then we put it together and each of them are a little different um the nca is is all like a almost like a digital portal that you put it into Um, but like the big 10 was actually you know you put a you know, it sounds funny, but you put a binder together and, yeah. and we actually had the last bid we did with the, with the big 10, we actually used um, an iPad with some augmented reality over a map oh, so you cool. can see yeah. pictures and projects and things like that. So, you know, we, we look at those, we make videos for that and then you tip and then typically they'll review that, come back with questions, and then they'll usually do a site visit and or they'll have you come in and do a pitch. Right. And we for the final four, they actually they do a site visit and then you get an opportunity to have some folks in your market for 24, 48 hours. So you, you show them around all the places that the events are going to be held at and you try to show them some uniqueness about Indianapolis. And obviously we love it because them to come to Indy because they're flying into a an okay. award-winning airport. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's yeah. right. It's for, easy to get yeah, in and out. For a decade, Beautiful. For more than a decade, they've been winning awards. So they fly in. It's easy. It's only ten minutes from the airport <laughs> right. to downtown. Yeah, I mean that's like perfect <laughs> for us. And and then we'll and then we do a pitch usually, and then we work hard on that to figure out who's the best people to tell right. the story. Right, and to tell the story of indie not only just the technical pieces, and and so it's a lot of work. And and many times these bids take anywhere from. 
um, nine to eighteen months sure. process. So yeah. it 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 is. Well, it's it a big hard. investment it too, is. right? And the materials you're talking about, we pitch clients and business and. I know what those things yeah. cost, right? <laughs> it's not cheap. It's not cheap. So tell me a little bit about the competitive landscape, right? You're, you're going into these bids. I mean, is there, with certain organizations where they go, we want to be in a major market city once every X. And so for this year, we're really focused on New York, Atlanta, LA, you know, big, big markets, big TV markets. And then we want to do a secondary city every two years. You know, is there, is there, is it that open or are they more, Hey, open bid who's interested or does it just depend on the organization and where they are and yeah. where they've traditionally held it? Depends on the organization. I would say um, that like, you know, you think about the big 10 football championship, Yeah, you know, obviously they're thinking big 10 footprint. So that, right. that limits somewhat what your geography, who you're, yeah, that's your geography. Obviously now, well, that's, us, that's what I was about to say. Yeah, they have now uh, taken in US, US, USC and UCLA are going to be joining right. them. So now, <laughs> SoFi Stadium is now in their footprint. Oh, so gosh, now yeah. LA is now a competitor where they weren't before. So that plays into that. So as we look at competition, I mean, you know, you think about Nashville is op- is going to be building and opening a brand new stadium. Yep. Chicago is talking about building a brand new stadium. Um, that you was know, something we could just talk oh all day gosh, about. I mean, Moving on to Arlington Heights, yeah, allegedly. I mean, it, it is. It is all this competition with right. those markets really, you know, puts a new level on everything. And so we really watch, we watch those developments as well as watching where the rights holders are going, but each of them choose different, differently how they're going to go, go about, okay. mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it kind of, it, it depends on what their goals are. I mean, the NCA, you know, there's only a few stadiums that can really host the event because of the requirements right. that have come out of that, but they try to move it around the country and try to get, you know, from, for their constituency. Um, but you know, that's obviously they're looking at from that point of view, the Super Bowl. you know, they, they don't really put out a bid. Just, they don't say, um, Hey, all cities bid on this. Right. They get very pointed. They go to certain cities and, 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 uh, work with them directly on a bid. And then they, they pick from that. Um, you know, there's lots of different things, you know, depending on what they want to do and how, how, how they're thinking about their strategy. Now we do, sometimes we'll go to an events right holder and we'll say, Hey, have you thought about Indy? Are you thinking about Indy? Why not? You know, and, and we'll take a long shot on some of them. Right. Um, you know, it depends on, you know, I I can't think of them off the top of my head, but you know, we'll, we'll throw it out and say, Hey, let, let us in, in the mix. And we, we bet on ourselves and we say, Hey, we think Indy is the best place where, you know, this is the place where champions are crowned. So right. why not come here? Yeah. No, that's interesting. And it's funny you bring up SoFi stadium. So I, I went and toured it recently and it's, I don't know if you've been out there, I've not yet, but it is, it's pretty mind blowing. Right. And I mean, it's Los Angeles, right. And so everything's LA, right. And it's, it's fairly well located, right. It's in Inglewood. So it's not far from LAX and things like that. I'm curious though, I was at a conference recently. I won't call out the architecture firm that I was talking to one of their principals, but they're specialists in stadiums. Like that's their core MO. I was not there for a sports event. He, he was really more of their interior designs partner, but works with part of the same firm partner in the firm. And it was interesting. He made the mention to me that they're seeing a lot less NFL and professional sports major new stadiums. There's a few, but they're seeing a lot more remodels, but they're seeing a lot more collegiate 
um, upgrades, et cetera, that they're seeing. And I mean, there's, there's a few of them around the country, but we're seeing, they said that's where their biggest activity is going right now with NCAA stadiums for big programs, really stepping up at a professional level where historically they've been these kind of older historic kind of, I think, you know, university of Michigan up in Ann Arbor, beautiful, cool storied stadium or Notre Dame is another example, but they're not really built for prime time from a modern stadium standpoint. How does your organization kind of help the different facilities and kind of stay ahead of the curve, right? Because you guys are probably seeing trends and getting feedback earlier than they, they might be and say, Hey, you guys might want to start planning for an upgrade or an expansion. How does that dialogue kind of work to kind of, you know, keep everybody. So you have assets to go sell, right? Yeah. You know, it, it that's the, one of the things that Indy has done a really good job at is investing in themselves. And even you think about the the field house of the future. I mean that that in, that investment in the remake of Gamebridge Fieldhouse is amazing. Yes, and it it is it always was the best basketball venue in the NBA. Now it's just flat out the best venue, right. um, and then it's the best place to watch a basketball game. Um, you know, and, and so Indy has always done a really good job of making sure that they're staying at the at the forefront. I mean, they just Lucas Oil Stadium just put in new video boards right. and. They didn't even talk about it and they redid the suites and we don't really ever, people don't really talk about that because it just happens quietly. It's kind of that uh, humility of Hoosiers that I know. We, we have, yeah. so we just, we don't talk about those things, but we've done a great job of making sure that we stay there. And it's really these trips that I talked about that we go and we scout these events. Yeah. You know, we take the venues with us and, and we take other people with us in the community and they see what other venues and other communities are doing and they can see that stuff and then they can yeah. learn and they can say, okay, what are we going to do? And, you know, and the Capital Improvement Board has been unbelievable in investing in the venues and investing in, you know, placemaking and making sure that we truly create this unique campus and we stay at the top. So, you know, it, it I... Personally, we don't do much in terms of working with them directly other than we make sure that, yeah. one, when we feed, when we hear feedback from our rights holders, we, we talk to them. But we also, um, you know, we take them with us on our trips and they see it. And, and, and it's great, you know, from, you know, my, my, you know, I've been in the facilities most of my career yeah. and I've seen stadiums and arenas all over the world and, and seen amazing uh, things and, and, you know, unique little gimmicks here and there. And, <laughs> and, um, the stadiums are unbelievable. And the, and college really is a huge block, uh, just boom yeah. right now. And, and, you know, it's funny you say that they're, they're trying to bring it up in prime time. Well the, well, the issue is the money's gotten so big yeah and the donors, they're expecting the same things that they have at their professional teams mm-hmm. from the college teams. And in some States, many States, that is the professional team. Right. Yeah. You know, so they want the same amenities. Correct. It's no different than what they want at a, at a professional game. And now they're getting them, the clubs and the, and oh, yeah. uh, the suites and the high end spaces and the all inclusiveness and all that kind of stuff. That's what they want. And so that's what they're putting in colleges and the money's gotten big so you can do it. And, and, and I always love it when the college will do that within the confines of their traditional historic venue and yeah. and it's um and that, that really, yes that right that's really special i mean you know because you know I, i'm a virginia tech alum okay. my, my dad was you know it's it my wife is you know we we love virginia tech and and i always loved going back to football games and remembering when i was there 
yeah, <laughs> the stadium and the, and it's gotten bigger mm-hmm. and better and it's more impressive. But it has kept the the bones and you and your memories as alumni. You can remember the things that happened while you were there. Right. And so that's special. That's what's unique and fun about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And I think the other thing that's driving it just in those conversations, I'm by no means an expert in this, but you know, the fact that like, we'll take football programs, for instance, I mean, those players can move around now mm-hmm. much more, you know, loosely endorsements, et cetera. So in a lot of ways, the, the feedback they're getting from prospects is they're shopping facilities and saying, where, where can I go make it pro? Right. If I'm a five-star recruit out of, you name the major state or major high school program, you know, they're shopping them side by side and saying, well, looks like, you know, I'm going to go to Alabama or Georgia because they're, you know, doing X, Y, and Z. And so it's an interesting thing to see. The other thing I was curious to get your take on, and it doesn't apply to every city, but one thing that I've noticed, you know, I'm from Cleveland originally, and it's a city that, you know, has had economic hard times and still on a road to recovery. You know, we don't have the stadiums that Indianapolis has, right? We had newer stadiums built in the last 30 years, you know, but yeah, you know, there's there's a bit bit of taboo around municipal finance and their involvement with it, right? What what have you kind of just on a general landscape seen, you know, at least with professional sports stadiums and the amount of money that the sports teams make, where some cities are going, hey, if you want a new stadium, you can pay for it yourself. What do, what do you think of that? You know, I think I've always said um, this has been my general take across my career as I've, I've kept continued to grow in this career and know more about it and understand the financing and all the different things. Every community is a little different, but I think the important thing about it is, as I've always said, you have to think about it, the investment and the economics that you're going to get from mm-hmm. it and, and the long-term play and what you're going to get in those non that we talked about earlier yeah. about the media and, uh, you know, garner the national international media attention, um, you know, in the civic pride of having that, that team or that venue or whatever it is in, in your market. And I think that's where the, the hard part comes in. It's hard to measure those. And right. so then people mm-hmm. have, you can't put a price tag to it. So then it becomes hard when you're, when you're debating, you know, financing, right. municipal financing or not on whether that's important. I've always said that every, every market has to consider what's important for them and they have to, to, you know, be endemic to themselves and authentic to themselves but I've always said, I believe that those are investments that are, are the public good. <laughs> Buildings are a investment in public good. I mean, look at, look at what India has done throughout its, its right. lifetime with the investments that it's done. It has done nothing but amazing good for what it has created. Yeah. I mean, you think about all the events that we've hosted, all the different things that have occurred here, all the growth that has occurred even the, you know, when you think about the Pacers being here and they are incredibly generous mm-hmm. community investors and in all of the cultural programs, they, they invest in us, they invest in the Arts Council. You know, without that building, that team doesn't invest then in, back. back into the community. And so I, I really think that, you know, that's the, you have to have that long sight yeah. and really think about that as you think about those things. And 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 Indy, you think about building the RCA dome with no team. That's a huge gamble. Man, that's push that's pushing the chips to right. the middle of the table and saying, All right, let's go. We're getting a team. And that's awesome. I mean, and, and it's paid off in spades. I mean, you think now FFA's here and Gen Con's here and, oh, yeah. and FDIC's here and all the things that have happened, you know, throughout the time that they've you know, the Super Bowl and all this stuff that's happened is because they, they push those chips to the middle of the table. And I think it takes courage as oh, a yeah. leader, right? As a city leader, civic leader, 
uh, to do those kinds of things. The other, you know, example, someone was asking me, I was down in Atlanta recently and I watched a documentary about Jackson Hartfield airport. Right. And at the time in the early eighties, when it was built, people thought they were nuts. <laughs> it was the sleep. You probably remember, right. I, I don't, my dad tells me he used to go down to Atlanta and it would be sleepy and you know, it's the South. Right. Yeah. And he was like, Oh my, you know, he's a guy from Cleveland, Ohio. And you know, it, it's just amazing now to see 40 years forward, what that's done to win companies to kind of create that virtuous cycle. And I think you're right with Indy kind of making that with the RCA dome, which is now, I mean, even to Indy's credit, they've, they've built a better stadium. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's a lot of things that we went, Hey, we did the RCA dome. We're good for the next 50 years until that thing collapses. And then we'll figure it out then. Um, I mean, to give Indy credit, I mean, Lucas oil is an amazing stadium. I took Mm -hmm. my father lifelong Browns fan um, you know, went to, you know, obviously Muni stadium on the, on the lake. And then obviously Brown's, you know, stadium now for synergy is on the lake still in the same spot, but he went to the game there and he remarked to me, Oh my goodness, this is so nice. Like just, it was a perfect day. Dome was off and he was just like, wow, this is an amazing facility. And just to hear that. Right. And just kind of think about it. You kind of have to have the field of dreams mentality where it's like, if you build it, they will come inevitably. Yep. Right? Oh yeah, I mean, and that's what India has done with with its event strategy too, and its sports strategy. Think about it. we've we've hosted over five hundred national international events, wow. uh, which equals four billion dollars in economic impact. That's crazy throughout the, our history. So you think about what that you know that is that build it and they will come right, and, and you just keep investing and 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 these events are going to keep coming, and because we are the best place to host events. We just have to be competitive. We have to keep mm-hmm. working at it. We have to not take it for granted, which is none of the things that we do. And and then we have, I really think, our, you know, our secret sauce. We have the Hoosier hospitality. We have the the government and the community come together yeah. and work on these projects and make sure these things happen, which doesn't happen in other cities. And I've lived all over know. and know I'll tell you. they don't work together. And, right. and we do in Indy. It doesn't matter which side of the aisle, where you're from, doesn't matter. Everyone comes together and it's for the better good. And, and then it's the, you know, the, the ability to think in, in its longest term and its biggest picture. And, and that's what Indy has been able to do. And, and it's other cities can't, they just can't compete against that. Well, I think it's so imperative to keep getting the word out of there. So we've all lived kind of all oh, over. Yeah. I remember being, when I was in New York, people were like, you're from Indiana. Where even is that? Did you grow up on a farm? And I'm like, no, I didn't actually. Actually next to a farm. (laughs) A few houses down. Uh, No, but so I think just the importance of keep getting the word out about Indiana and how much we do have to offer. If you had to look in your crystal ball and say the dream event that I would want to host here. Yeah. That's always the tough question that they could ask. <laughs> right. The what's the, what's the, what's, what's the yeah. crown jewel? If you hosted it, you'd be like, okay, that's it. Wrap it up. I'm retiring. <laughs> Mic drop. Yeah. I don't, boy, that would, uh, well, first of all, my wife would say no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no event out there like that. Yeah. Um, this is perfect world. This yeah. is perfect world. Um, you know, that's a great question. I, I, cause I have enjoyed every one of my, uh, every one of the events that I've done throughout my career, I've enjoyed them for different reasons. Mm-hmm. For di- at different times and for different things, and I've gotten more. I've gotten um, you know the the internal filling up for yeah. different things. Um, you know, I, I would love for Indy. I think the draft would be amazing here. That would be I cool. think it would be. Yeah. The, I think 
we'd blow it blow out of the water. I think people would be, the streets would be lined with people. I think it'd be amazing. So I think the draft is definitely one of them that, that would be really cool um, to have. I think, um, you know, boy, I, ah, that's a tough Sorry, question. I didn't mean to stump you. Yeah, that oh. is a tough question. I mean. Well, and there's it, tiers of events, right? Right. Because it's we're like, also, you know, like the Olympics. That's where I was. I was curious. That's like. Right. That's a huge commitment for a city, right? I mean, that's almost a decade in advance, right? I mean, it's not, you know, we, we, we think about the Paris Olympics or the Tokyo Olympics, Salt Lake City held a winter Olympics. I mean, that's, that's a huge amount of, right? That just, just even win an event like that. Um, I, although the world cup is another example of that, right. With Qatar winning it. And that was quite controversial. And I'm sure there's theories about that, you know, um, but there's, there's those different tiers too. I mean, what's the difference between like, we'll say the NFL draft winning something like that and winning another Super Bowl as far as level of difficulty, time intensity, need for public investment, et cetera. Is there a, is there a measurable difference between those type of events? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I, I would say that there is. I mean, the Super Bowl is, is a tough, um, that's a really tough one to go to, to land and, and get your community together. It's, it's a big, um, ask, um, investment wise, you know, we get asked all the time, when are we going to bid on one again? I always tell people, Hey, when you had the greatest Super Bowl, I'm not sure you can come back <laughs> right. and, and do anything better. I mean, that's and, true. And people still say, I mean, I talk to people at the NFL yeah. who talk about Indy as still the best Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, we're, we're a decade past and I'm not sure that, you know, I, you know I'm not sure I want to try to compete against that as the, uh, the best Super yeah. Bowl ever, but, um, there, there is, I mean, those, those events, things like the world cup and, and Super Bowls, you know, the, and the Olympics, those are at a, at a little different level than, yeah. than like the NFL draft. Um, and, you know, and quite frankly, winning a final four is, is, t- is tough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we just, we take it for granted because we have it in Indy yeah. uh, on a regular basis that we've, Oh, well, final four. Okay. But it, like it's the best place for it. Like people love to have the final four here. And so we, you know, it, it's not easy to get a final four. I mean, you think Minneapolis that last time they hosted was in, you know, I, before I did in 2019, it was like 2000. So yeah. it was like 19 years for them to work, to get a final four back. You on top of the effort and the work that they did to try to get that. And here in Indy, we, we're going to have one in 26, 29 and in, in women's in 28, we're going to do huge. three out of the last, you know, three out of four years, we're going to have a final four. Yeah. That's, that's, that's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, there's not other city. Other, we'd have cities, you know, given the right arms to do that. So, you know, I really think that that's unique and special. It, you know, for me, you know, I, I used to want to work in Olympics. Um, that was like one of the things I had on my list. You know, I was always like, oh, I got to work at the Olympics, and 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 now I'm not so sure I want to work in the Olympics. Um, <laughs> yeah. They're so complex and so hard. And, well, and after, it's yeah. Uh, well, yeah, don't a lot of times. Yeah, I've been to Beijing. Space, yeah, yeah, it just sits empty yeah it's tough athens greece there's all those know? i don't know if you've seen those photos of like olympic mm-hmm. pools sitting yes. empty just empty and, and yeah it's I sad mean, it's it's not easy right and well, that's why i think there's a lot of cities that are kind of getting repeat where like i know paris has infrastructure yep. from past and they've figured out how to adaptively reuse and so you know even tokyo had held some olympics and you know so it's different different methodology and i think even from editorials, just reading global press, there's some cities that say, Hey, we don't, we don't want to go for this at all. Mm-hmm. We know that some people are clamoring for it in the community, but 
to be honest, like juice ain't worth the squeeze folks. Right. So, yeah. I mean, you know, and that's one of the things that people always said about London. London did a really good job of using existing venues yeah, and then, and then taking the venues that they had built and then turning them into other, you know, that's right. Tottenham is a great example of how they took the Olympic venue. I believe it's Tottenham. That they yeah, took, that's correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and turned that into the soccer stadium. Well, right there's a perfect example of that. So they've done a really nice job. And I, and I believe LA is going to do a really nice job. Right. Of, of keeping that. And so, cause it is at the forefront, you can't just continually build brand new and, and put that out there. And you know, it's, it's Olympics are, they're tough. I mean, I, you know, it, it would be sure I, I wouldn't turn it down, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I don't have it at the list any longer of something that I have to work. I mean, right. I, I've been lucky enough in my career to work college football playoff championships and BCS national championships and Super Bowls and final fours and, and WrestleManias and, FIFA club world cups and all these, you know, just right. tons and tons of events. And, and it's just been, it's been a great career. It's been exciting and it's been so fun to see all the different events and, and to look back and think about, Oh my gosh, you know, this is amazing how much this is, how much impact this has had for those communities for those at those different times. And so I would never trade that. And, and so now I don't, I don't really look forward to like, okay, what's the next event that I have to do or on that list. But I just, you know, want to, just keep having the impact for the for the city of Indianapolis and and keep bringing great events and that's really what we're focused on is we think about 2030s and things like that and you know and, and as we look ahead we're you know what is it that we can get what is it is out there and so you know we're out talking to people and you know is, is rugby the next thing yeah is, I was going to ask you what's you know, the next yeah I, I mean I soccer we're, we're watching rugby sports. okay rugby we're watching rugby because I believe having been overseas I believe rugby is is a global sport um, soccer is still one that we watch very closely I mean that's you know yeah, if, if we can get continue to get more traction with Indy 11 doing their beautiful uh, Indy 11 park it's going to help drastically oh, yeah. with that it's gonna be amazing um the nfl draft obviously is one that we watch yep. you know and then there's other events you know that are out there that you know such as you know wrestlemania different things like that right. that you that you look at and you say okay it fits in indie does it work yeah so then you know we figure out and start working on a strategy how to attract those type of events and then being the best partner that we can to the events that we have so yeah. like usa swimming like how do we start to work hard on making sure that they come back in 28 mm-hmm. yep. that's a possibility how do we work with um visit india and keep the nfl combine here how do we make sure that the big 10 football championship stays here so not only like looking ahead but how do you make sure that you're taking care of those folks those that you repeats. already have right yeah because those are the easiest ones to land the right ones that are here <laughs> yep. they, be- they believed in you once yeah. so let's uh, make sure they believe in us again right so we, we, we focus on that a lot too yeah, that's the stat, right? Yeah. New customer costs five times as much as yeah. keeping an existing one, right? Yeah, exactly. That, that's interesting you brought up rugby. I uh, I played rugby until I was in my late 20s fairly competitively, uh-huh. until the injuries took over. I really love the sevens version. Yes. So that was the one I excelled at. And I always thought for an American audience. Sevens are perfect. Sevens is perfect because yep. it's quick, it's fast, it's energetic, right? I mean, yeah, it's yeah. just, fifteens is great, but I even as a player, I would be like, oh, it's kind of getting boring <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> now sevens and when sevens really catches on, I think that's, that yeah. is the the format that's the format I enjoyed. I mean, you know, it, it was, um, I, I didn't know anything about rugby until, uh, I got over to Abu Dhabi and then, uh, and we did, uh, we got a rugby club to open up at, in Zionsport city, the place I managed and, uh, learned about the sevens and yeah. friendlies and things like that. And it was great. I mean, we really enjoyed watching the sevens cause it was fast. It's quick. It's awesome. So I think that's, that's prime for some growth here. I love that. I love that. 
So how can the general public and others support Indiana Sports Corp? How can they get involved? How they, how can they help you? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I always do a shameless plug anywhere I Good. speak. Please do. I can. So, you know, we, we need financial support. We are a not-for-profit, okay. um, separate not-for-profit that uh, relies on the generous support of our corporate community as well as our member community. Um, so individuals can join and be a member of the Sports Corp for as low as 50 bucks a year. That's great. Um, and they'll get, uh, you know, access to um, early volunteer shifts and, and they'll get access to our newsletter and news and all that kind of stuff. And we do some member benefits, um, events and things like that. Um, we want people to follow us on social media yep. to help uh, push our brand and, and push the great things that are happening in Indy out. Um, so make sure you follow Indiana Sports Corp on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We, we're always uh, active on there, talking about our partners, talking about what we're doing. And then really, it's also about advocating for us and volunteering. Yep. You know, talk about when you travel, when, you, when you're talking to your friends, talk about how proud you are about what the sports strategy is meant to Indy. Talk about those events that are coming. Don't be a part of making sure that everyone knows, your neighbors know that, hey, swimming trials are coming. The NBA All-Star Game's coming. And then partake in those events. When, when we have those, those fan fests and things like that, like swimming, it's going to have the Toyota AquaZone. It's going to be free. Come down and cool. enjoy it. Yeah, right. And be a part of it. Bring yeah. your family, and so you can take in the event. And and so we. And then of course volunteer. Um, we have volunteer positions open up on our website. That's how you get um, log on and uh, set up your uh, profile. And then we will send out when we have volunteer opportunities. And of course Hoosiers love the volunteer. And in fact, we always talk about our professional volunteers, which is uh, <laughs> really what Indy sets itself apart. So. It, it, that's really how we need people to, to help us. And, and we really appreciate all the generous support that we currently get. We could not do this mission without them. And uh, we, we really think the, the important work that we are doing um, benefits everyone. And, and we really look forward to continuing that work, but we can't do that without that support. That's huge. Well, we'll make sure to link all that in the show notes and obviously put it out on social and yeah. continue to spread the word. And I think, you know, if they're not involved, they should they should definitely know about this. All right, Patrick. Before we wrap, we have two questions, but they're not about sports okay. court. All right. <laughs> First one: What's your favorite? What are you binge watching right now? It could be on streaming. It could be guilty pleasure. It doesn't have to be sports. Nope. What's in your Netflix queue it that you can can't wait sports. to get? Out? It can't be yeah. sports, though. It can't be sports. <laughs> well, it's it's um, we are as a family. We watch a lot of the Paramount Plus videos. All okay, right. so uh -huh. we're watching. Right now, binge watching FBI, the FBI franchise, okay, as well as Tough as Nails and Survivor and Amazing Race. Oh, my, awesome! My daughter, my wife—that's that, what we watch. That's nice. fun. That's fun. All right, and what, what's you know, kind of what's a recent book that kind of had a big impact on you? It doesn't have to. It could be personal. It could be fiction. It could be nonfiction. What would something if someone asked you, "Hey, Patrick, I'm looking for a book." Yeah, my, what would you say? My staff will laugh when they when they, when they hear <laughs> this because I talk about it all the time. Um, the Working Genius by Patrick Lencioni. Um, okay, it is an amazing book that uh, just came out not too long ago, and uh, it's about your six geniuses at work. Now, all work is has the different cases, and so it's wonderment, invention, um, discernment. Um, let's see, uh, discernment galvanizing enablement and tenacity and we all have two geniuses and we all have two frustrations and then we have two oh. proficiencies and so you can take there's actually an online uh, uh survey you can take i'm actually a galvanizer discernment 
Okay. So that's what, that's what I can see that. I can see that. So that's, uh, tells, it does say a lot about me. So my staff would laugh (laughs) because I talk about it all the time and they're getting ready to read the book there. It's we're handing it out Wednesday. Nice. Oh, all right. Homework's coming out. So that's had a big, uh, that one's had a big impact on me recently. I read, I read a lot. I'm a big avid reader and, and I'm constantly reading. Um, I don't read a lot of nonfiction, very little fiction. So yes, I read a ton of the books. So, you know, I mean, just, I could rattle off all kinds of books that I've been reading recently, but that, that one is definitely stood, stood out and, and, uh, been listening to the, to their podcast and, and the follow up and everything. So it's been good. Paige, I, I think we should get that book. Cause we were just talking about this I know. for the team. So it sounds right up our alley. I know. I'm pretty sure. And my na- father-in-law's alley. Cause he loves oh, is he? books. Yeah. yeah so now yeah. I have. And he's really impossible yeah. to buy gifts for. Well, there so you go. There I go. Just <laughs> Boom, got him a new two birds, birthday one Christmas present. That's right. It's perfect. Well, Patrick, thank you so much for coming on Urban Foundry. We had a blast talking with you. Hope you had a good time. And, you know, please to all of our listeners, Sport Indiana Sports Corp. It's really an important organization doing amazing things. So until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you to our executive producer and audio wizard, Chris Spangle at leadersandlegends.net. Also, thank you to my co-host and producer, Paige O'Neill. And finally, thank you to Colliers International for providing us space to use as our recording studio in downtown Indianapolis. If you like what you heard, please hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to like or follow us on LinkedIn and YouTube at Urban Foundry Podcast.